more about the stars and the galaxies and the constellations and all the things that go along with that. Um, you as adults know that they're going to get blasted in school about all kinds of stuff, but they need to know that God created the heavens and the earth. And whichever view you take about how we got all of this and how it all came about, always remember, God created. If you want to go the long billions of years old universe, that's fine. If you want to go in a short age universe, which I tend to uh, accept, um, doesn't make any difference. God is still the starting point. So remember that. This year, um, our theme uh, for Camp Sela is really a fascinating theme. Um, it's called the Upside Down Kingdom, and I'm just going to share a little bit of that with you this morning. When Mark made this brochure <clears throat> and uh, he put it together, I'm old enough that I thought, man, kid's going to understand this. And if you've seen the brochures, you see a graphic of the Upside Down Kingdom. Oh, man. Anyway, we're talking about God's kingdom, and we're talking about the world's kingdom. And one of the things that's very important about the kingdom is, as Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, Nicodemus came to him that night, and Jesus told him, I tell you the truth, if you're not born again, you can't even see the kingdom. And... If you're not born again, these truths don't even register. They're totally opposite of the world. And we think about our citizenship. Where's our true citizenship? We live in this country, live in the world, but where's our true citizenship as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? Our citizenship, Jesus taught as well as Paul taught, is where? It's in heaven. It's in the presence of God. It's in the spiritual kingdom. Um, Pilate was confronting, which we're going to go through this season. Uh, he was confronting uh, Jesus about, are you a king? And he says, yes, it is I am. Is your kingdom. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my disciples would fight for me. But he said, my kingdom is another place. His kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. It's a real place, but it's a spiritual kingdom. And Paul says that, you know, we are not citizens of this world, but we are citizens of the spiritual kingdom, the heavenly kingdom. And we're eagerly awaiting for Christ's return to take us to that kingdom. And, uh, yeah, it might be sooner than what we think. We uh, are watching all the events and seeing all this going on. And uh, it, once again, in, in human history, it seems like the time is short. But whether the time is short or the time is long, Jesus will return. And he will bring us to his kingdom. He will reign on this earth for a thousand years. The Bible teaches that. I believe it. The upside-down kingdom, the general living pattern of the kingdom is given by Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, 
you know it and I know it as the Beatitudes. That's kind of the general overview uh, of kingdom living. What's kingdom living? Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then he goes on to teach about you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. The world's kingdom has one set of pattern principles that they go by. And they're contrary, absolutely opposite of what God's kingdom is all about. And God's kingdom has a set of principles and guidelines that is uh, impossible to understand, impossible to live, unless you're born again. We may be able to do some of the things in our own power for a while, but not ultimately, and we can never do it perfectly like Christ did for us. Now, Sila's theme is going to be dealing with basically four issues uh, and four principles. What did I do with my thing here? And those principles are uh, listed here. uh, And we're going to talk about those and what that means. Uh, Kingdom principles are being a servant, being last, being weak or humble, and being surrendered. The world's principles that they go by is being the greatest, being first, being um, strong and victory only. The first one, the world says to be the greatest, but God's kingdom, we are to be a servant. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus is talking to the disciples and as he's talking to the disciples, he said, the Son of Man has, what, come to be served? No, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You know and I know that the world stresses being on top. Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay, when he said it, said, I am the greatest. And yeah, he was a great boxer. There's no question about it. And there are a lot of individuals that want to be the greatest. There are a lot of teams that want to be the greatest. And the whole idea of the world is to be the greatest. But Jesus said, God himself, the creator God, said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. In Philippians chapter 2, the verses that talk about Jesus uh, and, and how he became obedient to the Father, in verse 7 it talks about, and he came in the form of a servant. He was God. 
but in his godness, in his divinity, he allowed that to be put on the side to become a human being, a pure, sinless human being and a servant that he loved the Father so much and that he loved us so much he came to serve us and to be God's servant to provide salvation for us through the work of the cross and the glorious resurrection. Contrary to the world, you know, I think about the kids and they're, they're, they're going to face this world and, and they're going to be pressured about being the greatest. And yet, uh, as they showed this weekend in the lock-in, that they were servants and they served by doing many different things. Most important principle at Camp Sela, um, got to have a servant's heart. Uh, and there is so much that goes on. And the staff, please be praying uh, for the staff that are uh, going to be coming. I think we have our four girl counselors, but uh, we're going to have to probably have four all new guy counselors. That's really going to be different for us this year. But be praying about that. Praying for staff that has a servant's heart, a love of God and a servant's heart. Um, I could never do what they do 24-7 for seven weeks or six weeks at camp. Um, most of you have been parents, and you have to go through kids, and there are our own kids, but when you have 10 or, 15, 10 or 12 or so all week and all kinds of stuff, and ugh, I don't know how they do it. They're our front-line army the counselors are but they have to have a servant's heart because by the third week <laughs> they're drained emotionally physically spiritually so pray for them the second area that we're going to be dealing with the world says you want to be first got to be on top but the scriptures as jesus teaches in john or matthew chapter 19 verse 30 and and 2016 were to be last. That's, a, that's just totally contrary to the world's concept to be last instead of first. We're always wanting to be the first in line or always want to be ahead of somebody else, but uh, the Bible says to be last. What's that whole concept about? Uh, the concept is, is that allowing God to fill you, you want to be emptied. And that goes into the next one. The world says to be strong. They admire strength. But in the kingdom, in God's truth, uh, we're to be weak. We're to be weak in the sense of humility. We're not to be milk toast and necessarily and to be stepped all over on by the world. But at the same time, uh, there is a reality to that. Here, the creator God, the creator God, allowed himself to be beaten to a pulp, to be brutally, brutally beaten, and to be crucified on the cross. You talk about being weak. As the Bible says, he could have called 10,000 angels. The song says that. And, and that's true. But because he was willing to be a servant, he was willing to take that spot of being God's instrument instead of being divine. He became a servant and he was last, so to speak, and then weak, so to speak, humbled 
He died on the cross that we might have the forgiveness of sin. Uh, that's amazing. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that God chose the weak things of the world to confound the strong things. The world doesn't quite get it. And that's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. In a literal way and in that spiritual way. Uh, the world really shakes the head at how biblically kingdom-living Christians are. They don't quite understand that. Why? Because they don't have Jesus in their life. They don't understand the kingdom principles because they haven't been born again. And if you and I try to uh, argue, if you will, or debate, if you will, the concept of the kingdom with a non-believer, they won't get it. And it will be just a debate. It will be just an argument. And that's why we need just to present the truths of what the kingdom is like in our lives. It's the way to evidence the truth and the validity of God's love. And as we truly love others as he has loved us to the point where we are servants we are last, we are weak, we are humble, then it will show to the individuals that we're trying to share Jesus with there is some real validity about being born again. Lastly, the world says victory, winning is the only thing. But in the kingdom, it's being surrendered. It's dying to self. It's being submissive. We, in our world, and particularly in our culture, are bombarded with the concept of it's always about me. It's always about us. What's in it for me? What do I get from it? And Jesus teaches us that it's not about us, but it's about God. It's about the Father. The Son in conjunction with the Father. The Spirit directing us and teaching us about the Father. And how do we get to understand that? By surrendering, by dying to self, by being submissive to him. James 4, 7 talks about Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. If you want to be able to live a life that is growing less and less towards sin and negligence, then we are to submit to God and resist him. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been, what? Crucified in Christ. I have died in in Christ. In Romans chapter 6 he talks about that. And if that be the case, that means it's not about me anymore. It's about him. Channels only. The song, channels only. May I be a channel. And may they not see me but see him. That takes the death of self. And that's tough when we live in a world that bombards us with everything about putting us 
up on the pedestal. What's in it for me? What do I get out of it? And so uh, these are, are four very important principles about kingdom living. And as we have the opportunity this summer to share with the kids uh, during chapel uh, on their level, to realize and to help teach them that as they walk their path in this world, they are going to get bombarded all the time about how they should live in the world's way. And we need to be praying and we need to be arming them with scripture and with truth and with example what it is to be living the kingdom now. And as we do to give our youth the ability to say, it's not what you say that I believe, but who you are that makes it real. And it's like Jesus in his example. When people saw him teach and, and do the miracles, uh, it was in the fact of, it's not, they said, you know, this is amazing. It's not like the Pharisees teach. The Pharisees taught a lot of things that were true, but they didn't live up to anything that was right. And we in the kingdom, living the kingdom here and now, need not just to tell about Jesus, but we need to let Jesus, by his spirit, live through us. So that the words that we speak, even as Jesus told Philip, Philip says, show us the Father. And Jesus said, have I not been with you such a long time? The things that I say and the things that I do, they're not my own. They're from the Father. And so when we're out sharing the gospel, and you have the shirts on here, know, serve, proclaim Christ, that it's not just a verbal thing that you're doing, but it's a life that you're revealing through your living as a kingdom subject, as a servant, as one who is serving, putting himself behind others, being humble and surrendered, dying to self. Will we attain all of that? <laughs> no, I'm not even close yet. None of us will fully attain that until when? until we are in glory itself. Do we have the ability to strive and to get closer to that? Yes, we do. Because, once again, as we put ourselves to death in Christ and we allow Christ to live through us, then we will be closer and closer. When we had the senior high uh, winter retreat, one of the things that they were dealing with were um, it was the kingdom living. And one of the speakers, uh, Pastor Shane Looper, is a friend of mine and he's a good man, he had the opportunity to talk about what is it to be human, truly human. And uh, he used Jesus as that example. Jesus was the only true 100% human being after Adam fell. 
And if we want to know what it is to be truly human, then we need to know him. And as he revealed to us kingdom living, then we can be all that God wants us to be and to show our world what it really means to be human. And, you know, let that soak in a little while, okay? Sounds a little strange, but you and I have the capability of experiencing God the same way that Jesus experienced him in his humanity. And you might be saying, oh, you know, I don't know about that. Yes, Jesus was sinless. But in his humanity, he was totally dependent upon the Father. He struggled with the world. He struggled even with the Father's will. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He didn't just pray it once. He prayed it three times. He was battling in his humanity about what it was to be a servant, to be last, to be humble, to be surrendered. He was battling it just like you and I battle it every day. But he was ultimately submissive because he allowed the Father to consume him and he allowed the Father to be his focus point. Pray for Camp Sela this summer. Pray for the staff. Uh, pray for the speakers. And pray for the kids that we have full weeks and that God, through his spirit, would overshadow and immerse the campers into the truth and the reality of their relationship with God and to live so differently in this world that they will be able to have the opportunity to share Jesus Christ with family and friends and see lives changed for eternity. Because unless they're born again, they will not see the kingdom of God. So pray. Please pray for us this year. Pray for wisdom. Pray for a submissive heart. Pray for the kids that God will work great and eternal things in their lives. I was talking to a board member last night. We ran into him in Walmart. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about the significance of the friend raiser. And uh, I guess I should have shared this first, but uh, it goes along with when I just finished. But uh, the friend raiser, we just praise the Lord for what he did. Uh, for those who may not know, uh, that that Friday or Saturday night, uh, God blessed us with giving on the part of people up to twelve thousand uh, dollars raised at the fundraiser, and and we just are praising the Lord about that. But as we were talking yesterday in Walmart, he says, "You know, it was neat to see all that going on and everything, but we need to once again really get across the emphasis of what Camp Seal is all about." And that is Christ and Christ alone. That our true purpose and our true emphasis is to exalt 
and show the reality of the glory and the grandeur and exaltation of who Jesus is and who the Father is by the Spirit. Our purpose is to have God's love through us to others that they might experience the fullness of God. And, and that's what it's really all about. So be praying that we can share not only verbally but by example what it is to be born again so that lives will be changed. Really appreciate that. I'd like to pray. Father, you know my heart and you know our hearts. And I know that it's a battle, it's a struggle so many times to truly die to self. And yet, Father, I pray that as we allow your love to penetrate us through your spirit, that it will be easier and easier to die to self. Lord Jesus, for your love of the Father and your love of us, that you would show to us the extent of the glory of what it is to live the principles of the kingdom. I pray that you will have us understand them to the point that the present sufferings of this time are not worth to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us when you come again or when we're brought home to you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would love others as you have loved us. And so that the joy of the Father that you experience might be the same joy that we can experience in our relationship with him. I pray, Father, that as that is the case, that more and more we would be able to share that with the kids that come for camp this summer. Father, I pray for this body of believers. And as you have been working in their lives, that you will continue to work in their lives. And that we'll be continuing to live the kingdom lifestyle. And as that's the case, that their opportunities to share Jesus will become more frequent and will be become more powerful that others too might know the truth of your love in the Lord Jesus Christ and gain eternal life. Father, bless as we go from here today and as you do may we enjoy you and may it please you I ask this in Jesus name for his sake Amen